Amen. Praise God. Everybody can hear me at the back? Yeah? Praise God. Last week when I sat in the meeting and Steve was speaking, he doesn't know it because he's gone out the back, but he started speaking about what I intended to preach today. So I thought, well, that's gone out the window now. Because he had asked me some time back about speaking and immediately... I felt God say to me, you need to speak on the fruit of the Spirit. And I'd already spoken on love. And I thought, great, I can speak on peace and joy. Now, we spoke on peace, but he only touched a little bit on joy. So with a bit of joy, I'm going to speak about that this morning. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. We need to loosen up a bit. You know, it's great to be saved, isn't it? You know that great Dutch woman, I don't know if anybody have heard of her, Corrie Ten Boom. Who's heard of a Corrie Ten Boom? Wonderful. She was in a prisoner of war camp and during the Second World War and her sister actually died there. But one of the things that she said, well, I thought was really fantastic. And we need to think about that when we think about sin. She said, you know, God has a sea of forgetfulness. That is, all the things that we've done wrong, he puts her into that sea. And you know what's even more marvellous? He puts a notice up and says, no fishing, hallelujah. I don't know, it just came to my mind the other day, I don't know why I've even brought it in this morning, but maybe it's helped someone. All right, praise God. Let's go to the scriptures. We're going to read from Galatians 5. Every time I get up, my wife tells me she's not here this morning. She says, you keep looking at that clock and saying it's going too fast. The time does go quick, especially when you start to preach. It really does. But if you're here for the first time, may I give you a warm welcome. I want to keep my, my ministry very simple this morning, and I pray that you will be blessed and encouraged. Okay, for those of you who've got your Bibles or phones, Galatians 5, I'm going to break into some of the verses there. Verse 18, but if you are guided, that is led by the Holy Spirit, you're not subject to the law. Now the doings, the practices of the flesh are clear, obvious. They are immorality, impurity, indecency, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, anger, ill-temper, selfishness, divisions, dissensions, party-split factions, sex with peculiar opinions, heresies, envy, drunkenness, and the like. I warn you beforehand, just as I did previously, that those who do such things shall not, listen to that, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But here's what we're coming on to. That was negative. Here's the positive. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, the work which his presence within accomplishes is love, joy, that's gladness, peace, patience, and even temper, forbearance, kindness, goodness, benevolence, faithfulness. Gentleness, meekness, humility, self-control, self-restraint, continuance. 
Against such things there is no law that can bring a charge. Now jump to verse 25. If we live by the Holy Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. If by the Holy Spirit we have our life in God, let us go forward walking in line, our conduct controlled by the Holy Spirit. Now I mentioned this some time ago, but it was a long time ago when I preached on, on love. Some of you may remember it. But it's important to remember as we come to look at this fruit, that the fruit in our lives is a result of how we are walking with Jesus. And if you've never given your heart to the Lord Jesus, you need to do so. You cannot experience the work of the Spirit without the Lord Jesus. You cannot experience some of the things I'm going to mention this morning without the Spirit of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is when we pray, when we read God's Word, when we abide in Him, as it says in John 15, then the fruit of the Spirit develops. It becomes part of our nature. Those things that I read beforehand shouldn't be in our lives. But what we want to manifest is the good things that I read about, that love and that joy. Now I know this morning I'm going to speak on that subject very briefly. I've only got three things to say. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit is joy. You know, the God we serve is a God of joy. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah then. Let's give him a clap offering. Come on, let's praise him. Praise God. You know, God's not a morbid God. The Bible tells us he laughs. The Bible tells us he joys over us. Isn't that wonderful? He laughs about us. He joys over us. And so, the God we serve is full of joy. Let's not confuse joy with happiness. I'll mention a bit more about this in a moment. We can be happy when things are going well. I guess if we won a lot of money, we'd be really happy. But joy is something deeper. Something that comes alone from God and touches our hearts in a fantastic way. And we want to jump about with excitement and feel, be filled with the praises of God. Hallelujah! I need to do it for myself. I need to be full of joy. I need to be full. Don't let human feelings dictate how you feel with God. You know, sometimes I get up in the morning, I don't want to pray. I don't feel like praying. But God wants me to pray and I have to break through. Hallelujah. And so it is with this wonderful gift of joy. And you'll see in a moment, I'm going to break it open. The fruit of his spirit. All the fruit mentioned, I said a moment ago, comes with the abiding in him. Zephaniah 3, verse 17 in the Old Testament. The Lord thy God in the midst of thee is mighty. He will save. He will save you. He will rejoice over you with joy. He's rejoicing when he looks at the church today. He's rejoicing when he sees those who are born again, baptized in the Holy Spirit, moving on with him. He's rejoicing. He's not sitting on a throne being totally miserable, is our God. Some people serve a religion that when they go out the door, they look worse than when they came in. They feel so down because they haven't been met 
with the God of our salvation. He will save you. He will joy, and this is the last part of it, he will joy over you with singing. There is power in joy, did you know that? As in love. Nehemiah 8 verse 10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's strength in joy. When you get up and say, I don't feel like praising, praise him anyway. Keep praising. I remember many years ago, there was a brother who lost his wife. He's quite a well-known preacher, but he lost his wife in a car accident. The first thing when he came back, he went down and down and down in despondency. Then we met with another brother. We said, you know what you've got to do, brother? You've got to praise God, even when you don't feel like it. And sometimes we've got to do that. When things go wrong, when things are not working the way that we want to do, we've got to praise him anyway. Hallelujah. We can start off just a little bit mediocre, but it can lead into rapturous praise. I'm not a great singer, but I like singing, do you? Sometimes a chorus comes into my head and God wants me to sing it out. He wants me to praise it out. Praise God. And one that says the joy of the Lord is your strength, you know why he was rejoicing in Nehemiah? Because the restoration of God's word had come back. The restoration of God's word. All right, I've got to move on. First point, that was just a preamble. Praise God. They can have that for nothing. I'm not charging for that. But here's the first thing. The first thing is joy in believing. Get hold of this. Joy in believing. Joy is a not a meaningless act. If I start going around like this at, at work, if I was at work, I'm retired now, but you know, if I start going, oh, I'm full of joy, there's got to be a reason. And if you're full of joy... You need to share that joy. Salvation is not meaningless. We have something to say, something to share. What we believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We believe in him who died and rose again. Hallelujah. We believe in a living saviour, a dynamic saviour. You know, no other religion in the world has a saviour like us. All other religions, and I'm not knocking them, I'm just saying the truth, they are seeking after God. The wonder of Christianity is God seeking after us. He came for me, he came for you, praise God. The joy of salvation. Do you know Jesus? Is he in your heart this morning? Are you born again of the Holy Spirit? Do you know that you will go to heaven when you die? That's why we're full of joy. Salvation is not meaningless. Joy is not meaningless here because we know what we're rejoicing in. Wouldn't we look daft and say, why are you full of joy? Oh, I don't really know. I go to church, I heard the word, but I don't really know. Oh, praise God. I need this this morning. I don't know about you. The news of Jesus and him crucified. You know, in the book of Acts 8, and verses 5 and 8, I'm not going to read it, but Philip, who was an evangelist, a deacon in the early church, he went down to Samaria, and he held a tremendous crusade by the power of God. And you know what it said at the end of that? 
they rejoiced with joy. Yes, they saw the miracles. And we need to see them today. They saw the signs and wonders. We need to have them today. But the thing that came out of it was joy. They were thrilled with what God was doing. Excited. You know, there's nothing to be ashamed of about getting excited in church. Clapping our hands, praising God. Don't let the worship team struggle. Help them. They're there to lead us, but we need to help them sometimes when we're not filled with joy. Oh, hallelujah, praise God. So a great revival took place and there was joy in that city. Why? Because Jesus was preached. Let's not move away from the old time gospel. Let's not give homilies. Let's not try to tickle people's ears. No, the gospel is powerful and mighty, but we must preach him, Christ crucified. Hallelujah. There's no other message, no other gospel. We've nothing else to say. We have to preach Christ and him crucified. Miracles were taking place in the book of Acts, but they never failed to preach Christ crucified. That must be our witness. That must be the testimony of this church. We preach Christ. We preach him crucified. Hallelujah. Risen again. Coming soon, as someone mentioned this morning. Joy is received on salvation through faith in Christ alone. It's not religion. It's not works. Lest any one of us should boast. When people see that joy in our hearts, we can explain to them. You know, in Luke 10, verse 17, Jesus sent out the disciples. You remember that story? They went out casting out demons, praise God. The powers of darkness were cast out. But when they come back and told Jesus, he told them something very profound. Excuse me. He said, don't just rejoice about that. Rejoice rather that your names are written in heaven. That's what we should be rejoicing about. Our name is in heaven, praise God. I'm known by God. You know, if there, would there be enough evidence to convict us that we are Christians? If someone said, if they looked at our lives, that doesn't mean we don't go through down times, difficult times, because of course we do. But joy comes through believing. Wow. Secondly, joy comes with continuing in our faith. There are three simple points, I'm sure you remember. Joy comes through salvation, but it also comes through continuing. Do you know in the last days we're going to see a falling away? Did you know that? It's not going to be all great and glorious. It's going to be, but it's not going to be all that way. There are going to be brothers and sisters who will leave the faith, who will turn back on Jesus. I hope I never do that. By your help, Holy Spirit, help me to stay firm. But friends, we have to be careful. We have to be careful, but as we continue, there is joy. Hallelujah. Joy in continuing. Many lose that joy. Do you know why I believe there are two reasons? One Lack of assurance. They're not sure if they're really saved. 
They're not sure if God is really with them. And also disobedience. Oh yes. Disobedient to God, falling away. That fruits maintain as we follow Jesus. John 15, verse 10, 11. To read out, I think I've got it here. John verse 15, 10 and 11. Praise God. If you keep my commandments, if you continue to obey my instructions, you will abide in my love and live on in it. Just as I obeyed my Father's commandments and live on in his love. I have told you these things that my joy and delight may be in you. And that, here it is, and that your joy and gladness may be full of measure and complete and overflowing. Praise God. So there's a joy in continuing on. The fruits maintained as we follow Jesus. Romans 14, 17 says, For the kingdom of heaven... Meat and drink is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. You know David, I love David, don't you, in the scriptures? He wrote most of those wonderful psalms, but he fell. He saw a beautiful woman, and she must have been beautiful, because David the king could have had anybody he wanted. But as he gazed out of his window, instead of going out with his troops, he saw a beautiful woman and he went and committed adultery. And even worse, he had a husband sent to the front line. So it was obvious that the husband would be killed and he could have that woman for himself. David fell at that point. But how wonderful is God? He sent a prophet. Nathan! And Nathan related a story and David thought it was for someone else and he said, no, you're the man. You've sinned. You've gone away from God because of your adultery, because of murder. But all praise God, he's a God of repentance, isn't he? He's a God of love and grace. But you know how David got his joy back? Do you know what it was? In Psalm 51, read it for yourselves, but I've only picked out one verse in verse 12 says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. He knew he was away from God. He knew he'd sinned. Oh, restore unto me. And guess what? God did. Don't think you've gone that far away from God that you can't be restored. You may be in this meeting this morning and you feel I've lost that joy. Come back to Jesus. Ask him to forgive you for whatever it is that's robbing you of joy. And he will forgive you. He will cleanse you in the blood and you'll be able to stay with David. You've been restored. Praise God. Hallelujah. Isn't God good? Isn't God gracious? I'm just going to have a quick drink if that's all right. When you don't speak from time to time, you do get dried up. Praise God. You know, the word joy, as we read it, is preached. And Jeremiah said, Thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. 
Your word. Is the word of God precious to you this morning? Do you love the word of God? Does the word of God make you feel, be filled with joy? All right, I'm moving on to my third point now. Joy in service. Hallelujah. Joy in service. There is tremendous joy when we're serving Jesus. Did you know that? Hello? Are you with me? Say amen. amen. Oh, a bit better than that. Amen. That's it, you're awake. Praise God. There is joy in serving Jesus in the midst of problems, in the midst of difficulties. But as we serve him, joy comes in. That's the fruit of the Spirit working. That fruit of the Spirit is already within you. But it needs to be manifest more and more. And it only comes as we abide, as we pray, as we read the word, as we fellowship. Day after day, week after week, you must keep close to Jesus. What a wonderful thing to follow him, to serve the Lord. We're still there. We can be full of joy. We can be full of joy even in persecution. Did you know that? I'm going to read a scripture to you now. I'll hear Mark, Matthew 5, 11 to 12. And don't think, friends, that we will avoid persecution because we may not. But Jesus said these words, Matthew 5, 11 to 12. Blessed, happy, to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy and satisfaction in God's favour and salvation. Regardless, listen to this, of your outward condition. Are you when people revile you and persecute you and say all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account? It's better, friends, when we live for Jesus that it's his account we say it. Let's not get into trouble with what we say. It's not we should be boasting in anything else but him. Be glad and supremely joyful. There it is again. For your reward is in heaven. For in the same way people persecuted the prophets who were before you. Do you know what the literal bending of that verse there is in Matthew 5? It says when you're persecuted, now listen to this, the literal render is leap for joy. So I'm doing it. Praise God, if I'm persecuted, Lord, I'm going to leap for joy. Oh, praise God, if someone comes against you, rejoice because you're doing the right thing. If we're not upsetting people by the way that we live and the way that we talk and share, maybe something's wrong. There is joy in serving Jesus. Praise God. Leap and rejoice. You know, friends, we're going to have problems because guess what? Christians are against the spirit of this age. You know, one, you're not stealing at work. One, you're not idly telling tales. When you're not creeping to the boss about someone else. When you're not doing them things, you're putting your line on the line that the enemy will try and usurp you. See, not everybody wants to be like that. Not everybody wants to be like that, and we will gain enemies, people who won't like us. But we are to stand for those things in righteousness. All praise God. Hallelujah. 
But let's be ready for the spirit of this age. Let's speak for it. Let's come against it. Let's condone it. Condemn it, not condone it. You know what we ought to do, friends? When we see things that are righteous, we need to stand holy for them. When we see things that are ungodly and not righteous, we must be against them. Hello? We must. It might not make you many friends. I'll probably guarantee it will make you more enemies. I remember when I was preaching, I looked after a little church for about five years up in Burnley. No, Blackburn, beg your pardon. And I preached there a couple of times and the couple of women went to the two people that were, were leading the church and said, oh, he's too hard for us. What he says is too much for us. But we have to speak the truth. We have to declare righteousness and truth. And even when we think about persecution, think of those that are suffering for their faith. Just the other day I was reading about two brethren, Eritrea. Both of them now have been in prison for 20 years. Why? Because they love Jesus. They're still there. Their family's away from them. Persecution is everywhere. Don't let the devil fool you that it's not, friends. There are countries that are persecuting Christians. Putting them in prison. For what reason? None other than they love Jesus. Would you like to be a martyr? Would you like to serve Jesus from prison? That's what some of our brothers and sisters are. I do pray for the persecuted church every day. And I try and find the names of those that I can bring before God and say, Lord, help them, be with them, their families. Persecution is in many nations today. And I'm not going into that now because it's not my subject. But I want you to be aware that we could face persecution here. It could come to us. And the only churches who are preaching nominal stuff could be saved. I don't know if I, I don't think I ever told it here, I'll tell it. I've got a little bit of time still left. There was a church going way back, I think it might have been Romania, something like that, many years ago, when there was great persecution upon the church, just as there is today in China and other places. But suddenly the door burst open and these people came in with guns. I don't know if you heard the story. They came in with guns. And they said, right. All of you who are not Christians, you can go. And half the church went out. <laughs> Hello? Then they put the guns down and said, it's okay, brothers. We just wanted to see who were the real Christians. We had a fellow in my home church came in a bit late to the meeting one night. We had a missionary speaking. And he came in, he had a black beard. Dennis's name, well, he was all right. But guess what? The missionary thought... He was coming to listen and to bring persecution to it. All right. Praise God. I hope this has helped you in some way this morning. I'm nearly through. You know, friends, they rejoiced that they were worthy to suffer for his name. Can I say this? A joyful church is vital to the gloom of this age. We don't want people coming in and seeing us like we shouldn't be here. 
They want to see us rejoicing, praising, magnifying God. They might turn around and say, what is this? We want the Holy Spirit to so fall upon this church. As people come in, they know Jesus is here. Hallelujah. They know the Holy Spirit is here. Let's be a joyful church. It's vital to the gloom of this age. Are you negative? Are you positive? Are you always sowing despondency and gloom? Or are you one of those that's always sowing goodness? Joyfulness. Wherever you go, I make a habit when people pass me in the street and say, Good morning. Hello. They're walking the dog or whatever. You don't always get the same response back, but I feel better for saying it. Praise God. Because that's how we should be. Every time you see the news or television or whatever it is, it's negative, negative, negative. Now we need to hear the truth. I'm not against that. For a lot of Christians are being fed with the negative. Oh, if only you knew the problems I've got. If only you knew what I'm going through. Look, brother or sister, I don't know, but God knows. Why don't you commit it to him? Commit it to him and begin to rejoice again. Oh, hallelujah. And we heard from our sister about Kathleen this morning, how wonderful. God heard and answered prayer. That's what we should rejoice over when God does these things. All right. A pastor who I've admired for many years is with the Lord now. Billy Graham took his funeral many years ago. Oswald J. Smith, a great pastor and evangelist in Canada, who reminds us in his glorious hymn, some of you may have it, there is joy in serving Jesus, joy amidst the darkest night, for I've learned the wondrous secret and I'm walking in the light. Praise God. I thought that was a wonderful verse on that hymn. Our joy in service, you know, no man can take from us. No devil can rob us. Praise God. Jesus said in John 16, verse 22, concerning going back to the Father. Now is your time of grief, but I will see you again. What a promise. And you will rejoice, and no one will take away your joy. I hope I've encouraged you this morning. I finish with one verse now, Romans 12, verse 11. I want this to be my prayer. I hope it will be yours. Never delay in zeal and in earnest endeavour. Be aglow and burning with the Spirit serving the Lord. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word this morning. I pray, Lord, that you've touched many hearts. Maybe those that are feeling downcast haven't realised that you can have the joy of the Lord amidst all circumstances, amidst persecution from neighbours and friends, those that don't understand because we're born again of the Spirit of God. I pray you will leave a deposit of that joy in each one of our hearts, that we will cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in our lives as we spend time praying, reading your word and meditating upon you, as we witness as we fellowship in this church. Be with us now, Lord, as we separate. I pray this sincerely 
in the name of our Lord Jesus. Amen.